Welcome to Through the Bible. Today, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, is going to continue our amazing study of Ephesians chapter 6. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus and find your spot in God's Word. And as you do that, let's welcome Through the Bible's president, Greg Harris, who's with us. Hi, Greg. Hey, Steve. Always great to be with the family and just to have this time to share the joy of getting God's word out in so many ways, hundreds and almost thousands of different ways around the world. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about something that our longtime listeners will say, you guys have talked about that before, but we're going to share some of the fruit of this. And uh, let me just set the background. There's a huge refugee camp in northern Nigeria in uh, an area called Kakuma. And there are about 200,000 people that have been resettled into this refugee camp. And about a third of them, maybe 60, 70, 80,000, are from South Sudan. Right. There's some from others. So we have partnered with a an FM station that's right outside the camp that broadcasts in Swahili yep. for those coming out of the uh, Kenya environment or Nigeria. And then we're also in Juba Arabic. And, of course, you met Pastor Abraham, who's yes. our speaker in Juba Arabic. Yeah, and we both did when we yeah, were in Uganda yeah, for that right. conference. And just just to give you a snippet of how difficult life is there, I yeah. every time I think of Pastor Abraham, I pray for him because right after mm. he left us and went back home, his son was shot in the streets yeah. of, of, of South Sudan. And that's just life as it happens yeah. there. And it was senseless violence. Yeah. His son was, I think, studying law or something yeah. like that. He wasn't a, 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 a person hoodlum. in trouble. Yeah. He was a, a, a fine, upstanding young man. And it is, I feel the same way. Whenever I see Pastor Abraham's name, yeah. I pray for him. So, yeah. um, but this ministry is just so powerful. Yeah. Here's a, this is from a station producer, Carl, in the, for the Kukuma language. He says, first, we are grateful for through the Bible radio teachings that have been provided to air on Biblia Husima Broadcasting, 90.4 FM Kukuma, in case you wanted to know those call letters. Yes. <laughs> we have Juba Arabic teachings, which air in the morning at 9.30 a.m. and the Swahili Nino airing at night, 10 p.m. He says, here are the listener responses that we've received through the month of July 2023, and it's a good indication that they appreciate the programs and what's being offered to them. So that's kind of the 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 introduction to this batch of of yes. of, uh, of a listener stories that we've got. That's awesome. Steve, let's start with some Juba Arabic responses uh, from that station. Uh, thanks for the program, Captain. I'm not sure what that reference is, but I'm sure it's a, a respectful term. The, it goes on. After you show, I am always waiting for this program with my church members in the camp here in Kakuma. And that, that just gives us a little picture that the people are sitting there. They don't have a lot to do, yeah. Steve, in these uh, refugee camps. It's a very sad situation. Yeah, I also like the fact that he says, my church members. So yes. you don't think about that. You know, here's a here's a refugee camp with 200,000 people, and society and culture still happens yes, there. So there's, there's, there's buying and selling, but more importantly, there are churches. There are small groups of people, believers, meeting around the Word of God, and through the Bible is facilitating the teaching in that in that environment. Absolutely. You want to read this next one? Yeah. Always tuned to this radio. And I love that you now have the Juba Arabic sermon and the Bible from Genesis. And it's really helping me. I am a youth leader in church. Again, yeah, here's another, another church. example yeah. of a church within a refugee camp. Exactly. And what a privilege that we're bringing the word of God into this already popular FM station. So we heard from some of the Juba Arabic yeah. TTB uh, listeners in the Kakuma refugee camp. 
Why don't you read this one from the Swahili listeners? Yeah, it says, Thanks a lot, BHB, for bringing this new program. I can listen peacefully at night after work and learn God's Word. And that's from Jeremiah. Yeah, one of the things, we're not going to share this, but we saw they actually record the exact time that people respond to the program, which yeah. is really interesting. I've never seen that in a in a ministry report. And here's another one. This is from the Swahili listeners of Through the Bible in this refugee camp. Through this radio program, I am able to sit down with my Bible and lamp and follow the program and learn about God, and I'm so happy. Thanks, mm. BHB Kakuma. Just such an encouragement that that's happening here. I think we have time for one more. It says, I'm glad this is a series I can follow daily evening and know what the Bible says, even though I don't have a Bible myself. But through BHB, I can know and learn about God. I can't miss the programs. And Steve, I just want to wrap this up by saying these uh, responses are literally a dream come true. We've talked for years about getting on this station, reaching into this very needy area, and it's just so touching that God allowed this to happen, and we're seeing these great responses. Yeah. Greg, why don't you pray for this in the ministry and, and, and really thank the Lord for the way he's blessed us and answered our prayers in this way. Yes, Father, we do want to give you praise and thank you that we wanted to do this. We think that you put that in our hearts. And now we hear about people just being blessed as they study the word of God in two different languages. And we we thank you that you are a God that answers prayers and that moves mountains and makes it possible for us to get your word to people who desire it. Thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's dive into Ephesians 6 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, we return today to the sixth chapter, and we're putting in at this very important 13th verse. But again, I would like to say we're in this chapter, the last chapter of Ephesians, that speaks of the church as a soldier of Jesus Christ, and that the individual believer should be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we're told here what we are to do as soldiers. And it actually begins way back with that husband-wife relationship. When a couple are spirit-filled, they can know what real marital love is. And it's never a question of a woman dominating a man or a man dominating a woman. He is the instigator and the beginner and she's merely to respond. And the interesting thing about this woman, Abigail, is she couldn't respond to a fool, especially in the action. And actually, his own wife saved his life at this time because David would have killed him had it not been for Abigail's intervention. So that she, I would say, was a good wife. And there's many a time that a wife has to take the lead in the home. I know many homes that are like that. I don't think it's always ideal, but sometimes the woman is the dominant member of it. And a wise woman will push her husband out front and make him think that he's running everything, at least. And I think that's always a wise thing to do. Now, you move from that to the fact that the little one in the home is to be trained for soldier service. And it's the parents that are to teach him to obey. And then we saw the relationship between master and servant, capital and labor, if you please. Now the battle is on. And the first thing that we saw, the enemy 
was located and identified. And that enemy is a spiritual enemy. It is Satan who heads up his demonic minions, a great host that are today arrayed against God and the children of God down here. And we need to recognize that that's where the battle is. Today, the church has lost sight of the spiritual battle. And we feel like that if we have a lovely church building and that if we have good crowds and if the finances are coming in, that means everything is just doing nicely. And friends, that's not where the battle is fought or lost. Now, that may be an indication of it. When a church begins to get into debt, that's an indication of something wrong farther up, which means there's something wrong spiritually, especially if the church had a reputation of financing itself. Then we find that the battle is arrayed along spiritual lines. Are the members of the church being built up in the holy faith? Is the word of God being taught? And is there a spirit of love and cooperation among the members? Is gossip reduced to a minimum? And is the gossip, is he the one that's condemned and not necessarily the woman that uses makeup? And instead of becoming legalistic, we attempt to exercise a right relationship toward those that are brethren in Christ. Now, that's where the battle is. Now, as a result today, that you find that in some churches there is a spirit of criticism and a bitterness and a hatred, and the Spirit of God is not working there. Oh, I know. They like to talk about numbers. They like to talk about how many decisions they had. But when the facts are really boiled down and examined, and you look at the so-called converts two years from that date, you find out they're not there and that they've disappeared. We don't seem to realize that there's a spiritual battle being carried on today and that there is a manifestation even at the present time of demonic power. And many people are being blinded and carried away in all kinds of cults and religions and isms with all kinds of beliefs. And as a result, the Word of God sinks into insignificance and into a minor place even in many of our churches. My friend, the enemy that we have today is a spiritual enemy. That enemy is Satan and his hosts of demonic power. And that is where the battle is. That's where we need protection today. Now we are told in order to carry on this, we have the soldier's protection. And we are told, Wherefore, take up the panoplyon of God in order that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Put on the armor of God in order that ye might be able to stand and that having done all to stand. Now, we've identified the enemy. Now, Paul now begins to identify the arsenal which is available for defense. Nowhere is the believer urged to attack or advance. The key word in this entire section is this, to stand, stand. That's the important thing. You know, the Scripture speaks of believers as pilgrims. As pilgrims, we are to walk through the world. And as witnesses, we are to go, go to the ends of the earth. As athletes, 
We're to run. We're to run with our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that we're to look to when we're athletes. We're to run. But as fighters, we're to stand. And very frankly, I don't think the enemy, friends, is working down on Skid Row. I don't think that he's out partying Saturday night. I remember years ago when I was active in Youth for Christ as a young preacher. I was out every Saturday night. And we used to say at that time, well, Saturday night's the devil's night. Now we're making it the Lord's night. Well, frankly, I think that devil was home in bed. I think he's resting up so he could come to church the next morning because of the fact that why should he want to fight his crowd? They belong to him. I'm not sure he's proud of them. I think he's ashamed of a lot of these alcoholics and these down-and-outers today and these up-and-outers. He could take no pride in them, but he's out fighting where the spiritual battle is. Personally, I've never felt like that I should carry on that battle. That is, that I should make the attack. You don't have to make the attack. Just stand, because he's going to make the attack. Having done all to do just one thing, to stand. And I've never been enthusiastic when I hear a group of defeated Christians singing, Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to War. May I say to you, it's more scriptural, I think, for the believer to sing, Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And I believe today that we need to do some good, old-fashioned standing. And very frankly, this is an hour when my heart is sad, when I look today at a great many churches. Now, some folk that think I'm hard on the local church. I love the local church, and my heart goes out to the local pastors today. They're fighting the battle. Those are the men that are really on the battlefront today. I'm for him because he's the one I happen to know. I was a pastor a long time and always appreciated those that came in and stood shoulder to shoulder with me at that time. And I see churches that at one time were great churches, and the crowds flocked there. And they're no longer attending today. Attendance is way down. And the interest is gone. And what has happened today in many of these places? Well, I'll tell you what's happened. The members were blind to the fact where the battle was being fought. They thought because the finances came in, they thought because the crowds were there, they were winning the battle. And they themselves were losing it all the time. Oh, today that we might recognize where it is, and that today the local church might recognize that. How many of you really pray for your pastor on Saturday night? And instead of criticizing him on Sunday, pray for him. He needs your prayers. And you don't need to crucify the man today that's preaching the Word of God. The devil's going to see to that. You don't need to join that crowd You ought to uphold his hands as Moses held up his hands on behalf of Israel. And that's where the problem is today. That is the difficulty in the local church, and my heart goes out to these men today. Now, will you notice, he says here in verse 14, Stand therefore. My gracious alive, I get the impression that Paul is trying to tell us to stand. And having girded your loins with truth, 
and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparedness or the equipment of the gospel of peace. Now, for the fourth time here, the believers commanded to stand. And this is the only place that I find Paul laying it on the line and speaking like a sergeant and saying in the command, stand. Before, when he opened this section, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beg of you that you walk worthy. Now the command comes to us as soldiers, stand. That's the command today. Stand against the wiles of the devil, because he can outwit us unless we have on this armor. And now, will you notice this armor? We have our loins girded with truth. And that's very important. In the ancient garment of that day, and for the uniform of the soldier, the girdle about the loins, it held in place every other part of the outfit that you wear. And when you lose the girdle, why, well, to tell the truth, you're losing everything you got, my friend. Your garments flare open and your pants fall down. And I know that comedy is produced and people laugh when they see a man running or a man fighting and his trousers begin to droop. Uh, that's supposed to be funny. And a great battle in the past was won by a clever general who had his man go through and with the enemy. The enemy was asleep and they just went through and ran a knife through the belt of the soldiers. Well, believe me, they were so busy the next morning holding up their trousers. They weren't able to shoot the guns. And this general won the battle because of that. Well, the girdle holds everything in place. And we're to be girded with truth. Now, what is truth? It's the Word of God. Now, there are a great many people today that are giving a testimony. I think they ought to sit down. Oh, I am being so ugly. Will you forgive me? But I want to speak that which is in my heart because very candidly, somebody needs to give out the Word of God today, and I want to give it out just as it's written. Now, there are people that are given a testimony, and they've got a thriller. All oh, these football players, these baseball players, these movie stars, these television stars. But you know, they do not know any more about the Bible than a goat grazing grass on a hillside. It's totally ignorant. What they need to do is to have their loins girded about with truth. That is the thing they need. They need to know the Word of God because some of them are saying some very foolish things. And then every now and then, I could give you the names of a dozen back in my day that have gone off into tangents, into cults and isms and everything under the sun, and they've really lost their testimony. Why? Well, simply because of the fact their loins were not girded about with truth. And it's important that you have a knowledge, a certain knowledge of the Word of God before you get up publicly and speak to folk. And that's the reason today that many of these testimonies, they're thrillers to hear, but they're coming from folk that are standing there, my friend, and they're about to lose all their spiritual garments if you want to know the truth. They have to hold them up because they're not girded about with truth. And that is needed today. 
Now, will you notice that there's something else that we're told here? And I should mention this. Every piece of this armor really speaks of Christ. We're in Christ up there, and we should put him on down here. Paul has already told us that. Put on Christ, and he's the one that's the truth. And you and I should put him on in our lives. And again, may I say this. A testimony that does not glorify Jesus Christ should not be given. And there are too many of them that glorify the individual. I was a great athlete, or I was a great this, that, or somebody else. And I today am turning over my wonderful talent to Jesus. And believe me, he's lucky to have in his crowd, because he is not so much, and his crowd is not so much. It's wonderful that he has me. My friend, you are lucky if you have him, let me tell you. And he didn't get very much when he got you and when he got me. And this is a day when the little fella really doesn't have very much to say. You've got to be somebody great in the eyes of the world. We need to have our loins girded about with truth. And Christ is the truth, and truth alone can meet error today. And you have on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, Christ is the righteousness of the believer. And I do think, though, that there is the practical righteousness that is here. The filthy rags of self-righteousness, that doesn't quite make a breastplate. But I do think that underneath that, there should be a heart and a conscience that is not disturbing the individual because that he's not right with God, their sin in his life. Only the righteousness of Christ can enable the believer to stand before man and before God. But the heart that's going to be protected should be a heart that's not condemning the individual. The awful thing is, is to have sin in the life and to try to carry on the battle. We'll never win it that way. Now we have our feet shod with the preparedness or the equipment of the gospel of peace. Shoes are necessary to standing, you see. And they speak of the foundation. You've got to have a good solid foundation. Preparation is foundation. I remember in hand-to-hand combat, we were taught, make sure you get your feet anchored. Well, my friend, is your feet anchored today on the rock? And the gospel is the only way the believer must touch the world. And it's his foundation in this world. And again, Christ is that foundation. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. Oh, how we need him today as we are facing a gainsaying world and also spiritual wickedness in the darkness of this world. Well, we'll be right back here again next time. Until then, may God richly bless you, my beloved. For more information on the worldwide ministry of Through the Bible and to join us as we take God's whole word to his whole world, call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE or just visit ttb.org. And we'd love to hear what you're learning as we travel through God's Word together. You can email us at BibleBus at ttb.org or write to Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109. If you listen in Canada, write to Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. Now here's Dr. McGee to close us today. 
Are you resting, Christian, resting in his arms of tender care, that God will meet your situation? Will you trust him? Do you dare? Oh, they seek to overwhelm us, trials sower that wear and tear, but our God is able, willing everything to help us bear. Call upon him, call upon him, he will hear an answer too. He is one of great compassions. Every morning they are new. Earthly friends are oft unable. Then again they prove untrue. But our God will not forsake us. He will see us safely through. And she bases that on Lamentations 3:22 and 23 it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning jesus came Through the Bible is a five-year study of God's entire Word, and together we discover God's purposes in history and our lives, found only when we believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him yet?